JJ Cooper, Josh Norris here on another Baseball America Playoff podcast presented by my bookie. We are wrapping up, looking back at a very wild, a very busy, and a very long uh, Tuesday of action. Four games, all four series are now underway, and a lot happened yesterday. We had generally, the, great to say, we didn't have a stinker yesterday. We started off with a what I thought was a fascinating Braves-Marlins game. We go on from that to an Astros-A's game that a lot a lot did happen in that game. I hate to say I missed some of it because I was trying to keep track of both games, but that game got going while the Marlins-Braves were still going. Then we had a, a, a very contentious, uh, uh, an interesting Yankees-Rays game where Yankees fans pulled their hair out over some of the decisions that the Yankees made. And we ended up with a nightcap where the 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 Mike Clevenger, he's back uh, story. Unfortunately, if you like good baseball, unfortunately took a, a downturn as he did have to leave the game early. The Padres take an early lead. The Dodgers come back and 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 take game one of that series. But four games, none of which were really uh, blowouts. Uh, a fun day of baseball. Anything that overall struck out to you before we kind of dive into the games one by one, Josh? I mean, nothing that really, really didn't jump out to you. I mean, I, I was kind of intrigued by the little Acuna dust up because there's a little bit of history there. But, you know, I, I did like uh, Pedro Martinez of all people saying he hits you in the butt, go to first. You know, and that guy's a guy who knows something about intent on hit by pitches. And he's right. Hit him in the butt, go to first. And no one's trying to do that to you at that particular scenario in a, in a playoff game. It's a two-seamer or whatever that was that just hit you in the butt, walk on. You know, and, and I love Acuna, but he wasn't trying to hit you. At the same time, uh, you know, the, the thing with that is, is I know I heard, we heard a lot about, oh, you know, it's, but it's how often they hit that, that, that they hit him. He has been hit by, by the Marlins four times. That's four times in 44 games. That's a, that's a high number, but at the same time, it's not like 11 or, you know, or something. It's a lot. So that's but just before, this year? No, uh, career. Four, four times yeah. in 44 games. They clearly didn't play 44 games this year. Yeah, no, that if they played 44 games against the Marlins this year, it would have gotten a little repetitive. You know? Yeah. But uh, but so we're just gonna dive in, you know, game by game, but that's the perfect game to start with, which is here we are, it's game one. The Marlins and Braves both have some really uh standout starting pitching. And so what do you get? Well, you you get a game that is four to three and the after the third inning. With Max Fried and Sandy Alcantara, the the lineups were good enough, and this this Marlins lineup has has proven a little bit more ferocious in the last you know last month than than maybe I expected it to be, and it was again on uh, on Tuesday, but the the big thing that happened there, which is probably not all that surprising, you know the 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 Braves pulled Freed after four. The, Mar the Marlins, who do not have as, nearly as strong a bullpen, I would say, as the Braves, tried to see how far they could go with Alcantara. And the answer is 
uh, a little farther than than maybe that they uh, they they should have. You know, Sandy Alcantara ends up giving goes six, but ends up giving up five runs, and Yimi Garcia just did not have it. Um, and big big seventh inning, Braves blow it open, nine five. This Braves lineup to me, we we got homers from Acuna, Travis Darnold, and Dansby Swanson yesterday. Game in, game out, the power of this team is very impressive. And the, the thing that just stands out about it, it can be Acuna, it can be Freeman, it can be Marcelo Zuna, it can be Travis Darnold, it can be Ozzy Albies, Dansby Swanson, Adam Duvall. <laughs> There's so many guys, Austin Riley. There's so many guys in this lineup who really can, <laughs> excuse me, go deep that there's just not a whole lot of guys. There's, there's not a lot of, you know, okay, I can take a little easier on, on this guy in the lineup. It is brutal from pretty much from one to nine. And eventually the, uh, the, the Marlins did crack in game one. But the other thing about that is, is that I just think the depth, considering how bad the Braves bullpen was last year, the depth of this bullpen now, you know, I should say before the trade deadline, how bad the Braves bullpen was last year. The depth of this bullpen now really does stand out. They get five, they go five different relievers pitch for the Braves yesterday. And only one of them, Chris Martin, gives up a run. Basically, he was the only one who really got into much trouble at all. Great outings from Darren O'Day, Tyler Madsick, Will Smith, and Mark Melanson. They did that, and they still have other guys who they didn't even turn to in this. They have the depth where they're going to need it because they don't have a whole lot of starting pitching, but, th- but that was impressive to me. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And to your point, yesterday where, you know, we've all seen it, a lot of, a lot of runs coming on home runs. Uh, six of the, of the Braves, nine runs scored on home runs. Three-run jab for, uh, um, who am I missing here, uh, Darno solo shot for Acuna and two run home run for Dansby Swanson and Dansby Swanson's home run. I mean, that pitch from Hoyt, that really to call that a, 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 a cookie is really um, insulting to all cookies out there. That was a batting practice fastball. If that, that might've been a, a ninth warm up pitch. You, you see it. It's like, okay, there's no other, uh, other uh, outcome than it's going 400 plus feet that's what's happening to this pitch. And I think even Hoyt would tell you that, but yeah, this, this lineup is ferocious. It's like you said, just stacked from one to one through nine. And then you look at the bullpen and you've got this weird cast of characters. You've got Darren O'Day who was pitching, you know, for, I don't know, since the beginning of time, Tyler Matzek who came off the scrap heap and is, you know, throwing 98. Uh, you got Will Smith, pretty good free agencies signing chris martin another former scrap heap uh reclamation project he was working at loads if i remember correctly and then mark melanson who also is somehow ageless he was on one of the first teams i covered when i covered trenton back in the day matzik is one that there are several reclamation projects here the great thing about pitching is is if you can still throw hard keep at it and something may click but i it is amazing to me and congratulations to tyler matzik because if you said anytime over like a five-year stretch, if you just said to me, by the way, Tyler Matzik is going to pitch important innings in a playoff series. And I would have said in the CPBL in Taiwan, um, maybe, you know, in the Mexican Pacific league, I could see it, but, but this is a guy who 
from almost the day the Rockies drafted him, it it, it kind of got off to a, a struggling start. When you know, first round pick out of high school, and had real control troubles. The stuff backed up a little bit as well. Delivery issues. They ended up sending him back to work with his high school. You know, kind of the pitching coach he'd worked for him. You know, growing up, didn't really click even after that really was out of baseball because I mean, he, I, I don't know if you want to say that he had the thing, he had Steve Blast disease, but if he, he, yes, he, I would say, I mean, he pretty much did and was walking a batter an inning or more for a pretty significant period of time, got out of baseball, gets back in with an indie ball team. I love indie ball, you know, I guess professional partner leagues now, I but gets back in ball. with indie ball and to utter credit, again, he doesn't have 80 command or 80 control now, but he has control and command, and he still has serious stuff. And here you are, again, he's a very useful, very vital part of one of the best bullpens in baseball. And I never could have imagined that that would have happened in 2015, 16, 17, 18. No chance. JJ, and this is 2020. Yeah. This is 2020, JJ. This and is. On the flip side of that, um, if you told me that Daniel Bard would be pitching for a team this year, it's significant innings. And that team that reclaimed a pitcher is the Colorado Rockies. I mean, you know, it's one of those where are the, 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 the locusts, what's going on. And that's this year, Daniel Bard, successful big league pitcher, what, like seven years after the fact that he was uh, last useful. That, I mean, last, that again, last time I say- saw him was on a, Last time I saw him was on a backfield in uh, Palm Beach, West Palm Beach, where he was, I was almost angry he was in. Like, he was going to hurt people. It was atrocious. It was 100 miles an hour where I, in the stands, felt, uh, you know, unsafe. I, again, I, I, same story. If you told me, yes, if same thing, if Daniel Bard, who has had more big league success before all this than Matt Sick, but... Same thing. I mean, utterly wild. Didn't know where it was going, and he's back. It's it's amazing. Pitching, I didn't pitching. It. I did huh? not believe it was going to happen this year. Like I was upset that he made a big league roster because I thought it was simply a he's cheaper than whoever else, and we're going to let him go out and unleash the thing on the uh, the West divisions, and we're going to. This is a, a a way to tank. Um, and I was wrong. But so that's game one. We're going to move on. We're going to wrap up the National League before moving on the American League. But before we do this, we have a quick message. It's fall, and at my bookie, that can mean only one thing. It's winning season. Winning season means doubling your first deposit. Winning season means free bets, super contests, survivor, and more. At my bookie, winning season is all about your chance to win big. You can bet the Major League Baseball playoffs. You can bet the NBA playoffs. UFC, NFL, college football, the craziest sports fall of your lifetime is here. It's simple. Make your picks, win big, collect your cash. Invest in your intuition. Select from hundreds of futures bets where you can bet games in real time with MyBookie's live betting. Put that big brain of yours to good use. Use promo code BASEBALLAMERICA. That's one word, BASEBALLAMERICA, and double your first deposit. New players get up to $1,000 in free play designed to add more excitement to the sports you love and the games you bet. Thousands of cross-sports wagers, props, and parlays await. Sign up now to bet with the best and celebrate your victory. 
Your winning season begins today, only at MyBookie. And we're back. In the National League nightcap, the, the Dodgers-Padres, what we hope will be a great series. I will be honest after game one, I have fears. I have fears that this will not be a great series. And the main reason I say that is, is that the Padres needed to get something from Mike Clevenger, not his fault. He has an elbow injury. He's trying to come back. But Mike Clevenger, after a 91-mile-an-hour fastball, has to leave the game. It turns into a bullpen day. And the problem for the Padres in this is in a series that's going to go five straight days. And again, they can't be weather. They have a roof. A series that's going to go five straight days, pretty much the Padres are going to be going bullpen day almost throughout the series. I don't know how you do that against the Dodgers, especially you, you, you took the L in game one. Now you're going to be facing, you still have Clayton Kershaw. You still have Tony Gonsolin. We could keep, you know, you still have Julio Urias. And uh, any one of those is probably better than any starter that the Padres are going to field the rest of the series. I just don't know against this, this Dodgers lineup how you say we're going to have to go again. There's it's injuries that cause this they're missing Denison Lamette. They've got, they will not get probably any more help from Mike Clevenger, but I don't know how you win three games against the Dodgers where your starting pitching for the rest of the series is going to be Chris Paddock, Zach Davies, and, and kind of a shrug shoulder. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, it's really tough. They're really, really good. It's just, their, their lineup is an absolute meat grinder. I don't see how they're not the National League representative in the World Series, quite frankly. And the other thing with that is I don't think playing in Texas does the Padres any favors either because I mean, this is Slam Diego. This is a team that has pretty significant power up and down the lineup. That's what, you know, between Tatis and Machado and Will Myers and a lot of guys in this lineup, that's what they do. And we got several reminders for both teams yesterday, but especially for the Dodgers, I will say yesterday, but balls that when they were hit, you're like, okay, that looks like that may go. And then you realize, oh no, not, not in this part. It's yeah. Do you realize JJ, there was no homers in that game. There were, yeah, I do. There were no homers in that game, which just does not happen very often in the postseason. That is the, that is the second national, sorry, third National League game of the playoffs so far without a homer. The Braves, uh, Reds, that that game one duel, uh, no homers, thirteen innings, and then Dodgers Brewers game two, only two other games in the in the in the National League postseason so far without a homer. And, and by the way, it's not like it's happened a lot in the AL either. Astros Twins both games didn't have a homer. That's it. Every other game of this postseason's had a homer. So. But of I don't think there's going to be a ton of homers hit in Texas in this series because of the ballpark. And that has impact, not just for this series, but going on because we're going to be getting very, uh, uh, very used to seeing, you know, games played in Texas for the rest of this uh, postseason, unlike any other. Yeah. And that's just depressing. Um, as we said yesterday, I like home runs. I don't know how everybody feels about, you know, I know a lot of people have the, uh, don't don't like home runs these days but i bet you they like fly outs to the warning track a lot less those are pretty boring 
and anticlimactic. You're going to need some of these these big mashers. Your your uh, your Stantons, who appears to have his uh, Marlins mojo back, uh, to really get the ball out of that ballpark, or you know the real big boppers um, to to tip the ball out of that yard. But also, I, I will point out, pitchers are still really dirty. Um, I said a super swear when watching one of Dustin May's pitches. I think it was like a hundred mile an hour two seamer. Uh, I, I said some words I can't repeat on there, and I didn't have to hit against it like that. To be able to follow Walker freaking Bueller with a guy who could throw at a hundred mile an hour two seamer and then slide it the other way on the same plane—that's just not fair. That's that's not a hitting approach problem. That's not a these hitters aren't as good as you know previous days that say these pitchers are witches problem and they're going to get better <laughs> 10 years from now we're going to look at these guys like they were pretty good but now well, we've got we, these guys we had a sandy alcantara 94 mile an hour change up yesterday well, that wasn't a bad a, pitch <laughs> right it wasn't a firm change up it wasn't a change up that he, he held too long or whatever it actually did the the, the split actually it dove and it wasn't even the only 94-mile-an-hour change of the game. Tyler Glasnow, or the game of the day, Glasnow threw one. And that wasn't even Glasnow's fastest changeup of the year. What is this? <laughs> what are these pitchers? It's just, they're just mutants these days. Every single one so, of them. You're, so you're every podcast you're on, we're going to have a pitchers are wizards uh, portion. I, that I mean, you know. okay, Walker Bueller. Follows Dustin May, and guess who you get in no, game May, two? Well, May follows Bueller. Well, whatever. Game two, guess who you get? Clayton Kershaw. Now, you're not going to get any 94-mile-an-hour change-ups from him, but you're going to get this, this curveball from hell. <laughs> you're going to get maybe the best pitcher of his generation. Oh, goodness gracious. I, I pity hitters. They had to come up with something else because these pitchers are just, just that good. Anyway, I, I love pitching. Uh, you, you you do you you love pitching but I, I love you, pitching, you said but there like the, the so the Rays Yankees game was the game where <laughs> ah controversy Devi Garcia rookie gets the gets the ball and after one inning and one home run he hands it over to Jay Happ who did not have his best outing so the outcry among Yankees fans, Yankees media of how stupid could this team be? A, they didn't start Tanaka. B, to try to do the Garcia to J-Hap flip. And by the way, C, it's proof that nerds are ruining baseball. Am I am I missing any of the arguments or is that a fair summation? Uh, that's a fair assessment. And um, But I know you, I, but you think that they screwed up too, I, would you not? I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and play manager or general manager. They have way more information than I do than, you know, furiously clicking at baseball. I, I know Cashman and, and, and Matt Blake and Aaron Boone are not sitting furiously clicking at baseball savant, you know, uh, an hour before the game to try to see matchups, but like, okay, you have Masahiro Tanaka. The Rays do not hit Masahiro Tanaka. He's on full rest. He's on, I think he's on six days rest. Historically, he's really good on, you know, a little more, more than a usual rest. Start him. Like, what are we doing? The, you you, 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 you uh, crush their spirit in game one. 
why not go for the kill in game two instead of doing this weird experiment with a guy who last time you opened, it was the futures game. And then uh, Jay Happ, who, yeah, you've pointed out in your piece, he's relieved before, but he's been uh, less than gruntled this year about the way the Yankees have used him. Uh, so he came in, it sounds like, ill-informed about how he was going to be used and not happy with his, his use and hadn't been particularly good this year anyway. I, I get if you're going to use an opener, but typically, typically openers, uh, you could ask the Rays, are these fire-breathing monsters who are usually at the end of a game. Debbie Garcia is a lot of things. This year, he's not a fire-breathing monster. He's not a guy you would put at the end of a game. He's a starter, and he was, a, he was what he was in this game. Uh, you know, he got hit by Randy Arozarena, which everyone does these days. If you have a fastball, that man will hit it. I don't care where you put it. He's going to hit it hard. Uh, if you have that much confidence in Debbie Garcia, and he is a very confident young man, let him start the game. Let him go. Unless he really spits the bit, uh, just let him pitch. You know, I, I don't get that approach, but I'm not going to sit here and say it was necessarily wrong because I'm working at a super uh, informational asymmetry to uh, quote former Baseball American Clint Longenecker. And as I have a piece up at Baseball America, I think it actually makes a ton of sense. And the reason, part of the reason I say that is, is that I, I, Masir Tanaka is really good. But at the same time, I don't want to make him out that this is, you know, this is not that they had Justin Verlander in their back pocket and, uh, you know, and didn't uh, use him. But beyond that, the real problem that the Yankees face in this series that they're trying to figure out is, is, okay, you know, Cole's going to start. I'm going to say it right now. Cole's starting game one and game five of this series. You know, that's logical. Yes, I. you can quote me. He's never gone on short rest before all that. He's got his big free agent contract. He's the ace of the team. There's no scenario where you're going to get say, we're going to go with our number five starter for the fifth game rather than Garrett Cole. There's no scenario in baseball where you're going to do that. Okay, so that's two starts. Masahiro Tanaka is going to start one of the other games. That gets you to three. Beyond that, with James Paxton hurt, you're going to have to get two starts out of Debbie Garcia, Jay Happ, Jordan Montgomery. Is that fair? I believe so. Okay. If that's the case, you're going to start two of those players, and you're probably going to need all three of them to pitch. There's no scenario that I can envision where they're like, you know, we're going to go Debbie Garcia for six, we hope, Jordan Montgomery for six, and Jay Happ, by the way, you're not going to pitch. Well, they got a little cute with it. They absolutely did, but they were – Jay Happ is better, as you would expect. He's better against lefties and righties. Debbie Garcia, I, I write a lot, a lot about, you know, Jim Leland did this in 1990, which, by the way, when you say, you know, it's just all about analytics, Jim Leland was not doing that analytically. J, Jim Leland was doing that as a baseball guy. But when they did it in 90, the one thing I would say that was a flaw about it was is they started Ted Power. Well, Ted Power wasn't a plausible starter for them. So in that series, the Reds basically said, yeah, you're not going to do Ted Power for long. So we're going to not stack our lineup with, we're not going to stack our lineup with lefties to face Ted Power because we know he's not going long. The Debbie Garcia was a plausible starter. 
they got the matchup they wanted. They got some of the matchups they wanted. They just, the reality of it is, is Jay Happ didn't pitch all that great. And by the way, they still had a chance to win the game. But the other thing to me is, is that bullpen heavy game coming off of a good day one game one where they didn't have to use their bullpen all that much because Garrett Cole's with six Tanaka, you hope goes five or six in game three. If you're the Yankees, you're probably going bullpen heavy again in game four by breaking them up. You already won game one. You're still sitting here one, one with Masahiro Tanaka taking the mound. You very well could have had a situation where Masahiro Tanaka pitches game two, Tyler Glasnow, who's really good too, and the Rays beat Masahiro Tanaka, and you're sitting here in game three and four going, yeah, it's going to be Debbie Garcia, Jay Happ, and Jordan Montgomery against the Rays, and we hope to get to game five. So I think it actually, again, for the, I know it didn't work out for the Yankees, but I do feel like that there was a lot of, oh, this is too cute because of the way it didn't work, but Jay Happ was going to pitch in the series one way or another. He just didn't pitch all that well. You know, again, that that was to me, that was to me, um, you know, uh, it didn't work, but again, I see the logic of it. And again, feel free to yell at me. I'm on Twitter, JJCoop36, feel free. Um, I, I, I'll, I'll yeah, go just ahead. go back again. Like if, if you give yourself the pitcher who has the best chance to win, in game two and he does then you have two games to none lead then you can get cute if you want in that potential clincher with debbie garcia and jay Happ, and it's only a two-one hole now you're putting a whole lot of onus on tanaka now but, i know you paid him a lot of money to put that onus on him but if he does spit the bit then that one in the first game and then then, then yesterday's game really comes back to bite you at the beat but if he spit the bit in game two it would have been the same thing too I'm just saying, yeah, it would have been the same thing. I mean, you're going to either, he's going to pitch well or he's going to pitch poorly. And uh, the only thing I'll say now is, is because he's now in game three, you know, again, I don't think that that changes that. Like they, they, it wasn't that he's not going to get the pitch. If this was something where we're talking about game four and we're saying, ah, you never got to that guy because you got eliminated before then, that would be one thing. But we're talking about a situation where you know that he's going to start one game in the series and there's no scenario where he's also going to be able to pitch again. Now, you know. now, I want to switch away from their pitchers for a second. If you're Aaron Boone, what do you do with Gary Sanchez? Whew. They, they, they got a stable of guys that throw 98 to the Rays, and Gary Sanchez can't hit 98. That, you know. And sometimes th- he can't catch 98. I do think you're going to, you may see a little bit more of Higayosha, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I did not think that Kyle Higashioka would be a uh, more uh, viable option these days than Gary Sanchez, but that young man looks lost. I mean, that turned that at bat turned the game. Frazier battled, you know, you got beat at 99 up, which happens. And then Gary Sanchez against a guy who had shown, you know, all the command of, I don't know, Nuke Lelouch uh, earlier in the game uh, goes down on three pitches. And with the game on the line, you know, yeah, I mean, that, that is the thing. If I'm, a lot's going to be, a lot is talking about their decision at the start of the game. The reality of it is, is you, 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 I think very wisely bring this back to the end of the game, which is they had Peter Fairbanks utterly on the ropes. They had a guy who was not throwing strikes did did admittedly get a gift from uh from from cb buckner 
I mean, well, yeah, but that gift didn't mean anything. It was like, no, but actually, you know what, though? I will, I know that he ended up still walking the guy, but it did mean something because at that point, at least he got that strike <laughs> again, psychologically. You know, what? you know what? It did mean something because later in that, in, in the next, uh, Frazier next, Frazier was next. He knows that pitch might be Is, called. Right. And granted, he got a border, I think Frazier got a borderline pitch called against him on the inside corner, which, if I remember, probably was a strike, but uh, you know, it it, it does change uh, which areas you think you have to cover as as a hitter. That's a little different. Uh, yeah, CB Buckner, as a, a you know Ben Badler put on our Slack, uh, needs to go back to the Tricky League. But, that's a, that's a that's a big fall. Major League fall. postseason Tricky League. That's as far apart as you can go in professional baseball, pretty much. But yes, but I, I did like at the end of the game too. You know, you're talking about uh, one of the announcers said, you know, how do you hit this guy through a 99? And DJ LeMahieu next pitch says, here's how: you shorten up and you make contact and you drive it through the middle. But, but you're right. They had the chance. They had the opportunity in the ninth inning, and, and it didn't. They did. They didn't pull it out, which. Takes us to our our final game that we're going to talk about, which already was the second game of the day. Astros A's. The Astros, they're in, they're both in great shape here, you know, utterly great shape because they're up 2-0. You you where do you want to be in a uh, postseason series best of five? You only up 2-0 after two games. However. We also got some concerning news for the Astros after the game, kind of the explanation for why Zach Greinke hasn't pitched game one, game two, and will not start game three, which is, is that Zach Greinke is battling some soreness. No kind of clarity yet on whether that means he's going to be able to go later or not. But Jose Arquiti will start game three. At this point, again, it's it's three games. It's not like the A's can't come back. But even if the Astros do advance, the real question becomes, these young pitchers have been doing a very good job, but at the same time, you still kind of come back to the question of, okay, if, if Granke's not able to go, what does that mean for the Astros if they get past this round? That said, this Astros lineup is playing the best it's played all year. George Springer, two home runs yesterday, which – really was pretty much uh, everything they needed um, against Oakland. It, it, different guy, different day. Carlos Correa is swinging the bat, you know, has been swinging the bat really well. Pretty much everyone who was struggling up and down a little bit, you know, Jose Altuve is just swinging the bat better. It's just Yuli Gurriel is the only one who's still struggling. But does the A's, do you think the A's have any shot of, of, of pulling this series out? Or is this looking bleak if you're an Oakland fan? They don't have any shot of pulling this out. This is over tonight. I, I think they're done tonight or this afternoon. Um, yeah, this afternoon. This is uh, one of the day games. Well, the game will be finished. It will be tonight. Uh, yeah, I I don't believe. They lost Matt Chapman. Their pitching has looked meh. The Astros have been really good, and now you're going to put it all on the shoulders of Jesus Lazardo today. And we all know if he spits the bit early, and you got to go bullpen again, and that's trouble. These These Astros have been playing like, the 2020 regular season was a distant memory and there Carlos Correa remembered as Carlos Correa George Springer is George Springer Alex Bregman is Alex Bregman and it's it's tough if you're the uh you're the A's I think the Astros are going to be uh very soon they're going to be four wins away from a pennant which 
I don't we'll, think we'll cause a lot of people around base. A lot of people who are baseball fans to be very angry. Oh, well, um, <laughs> yep. They, they, they had to get through an extra round of playoffs to do it. And so far they have. Um, and you know, I, I, no, I won't say what I think I was going to say, but, um, It'll be very interesting. And, you know, I think people, if, if that comes to fruition, I think the ratings will be pretty good uh, to see for, for part of America to turn in and see who, oh, an Astro or Yankees or Rays, see if you can beat them. Uh, Yankees Astros, that's the, that is the series that, that, uh, that the TV networks are, are begging that's, for. Oh, that's yeah. going, that's going, everything's coming up, Manfred. Yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> But we're going to wrap this one up because, uh, you know, we well, want to get this up. Let's, no, you got something else? Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's talk about what's, what's, well, turn what's going, when it's going up. We got two rookies on the mound today. We got Ian Anderson, who was Shove City his last time out uh, going again. That'll be really interesting against the, uh, the bottom feeders. Uh, you can see if the, uh, the inner New Yorker comes out of Ian Anderson today and he, you know, dominates. You've got, like I said, Jesus Lazardo with a, you got to put the Bay Area on his back and, you know, get them a game in this series. He's got to have, he's got to be on his a game to get them a game. There you go. Uh-huh. Uh, uh-huh. You got Clayton Kershaw at night and uh, not Tanaka. a rookie, not, not a rookie, but he's had his own little demons in the playoffs. Uh, not last time though. Um, and I don't know who's starting for the Padres cause it's TBD right now, but uh, you got uncle Charlie and uh, Masahiro and, and uncle Splitty on the mound for that's charlie morton masahiro tanaka for the uh for the less uh aware yeah uncle charlie versus uncle splitty <laughs> it's gonna be an interesting game an interesting day of games um we'll but by it. the way the fact that the padres is tbd which is understand i'm like guessing it probably is chris paddock who did not have a great game one in the uh wild card round but i it's again it's it's an unfortunate situation for them they did everything they could they acquired mike clevenger they had denilson lamette if those are your top two guys and then you say we're going to go paddock or davies in game three and four and back to clevenger in game five that's a plan plans get you know injuries happen plans get destroyed you know without anything you can do about them sometimes all right all right here we go before before we end I'm going to set it at 112, over under the hardest hit ball by a Randy or Rosarena tonight. Over 110, you said? 112. 112. I'll go under 112, but I'll go over 110. How about that for specific? You're, you're, going, to go, you're going to go push is what you're doing. Or no, that's, I said 112, so you're going under. Okay. I'm going under. Uh, uh, I'm going to go over. I think he's going to hit 115 tonight. <laughs> okay, how about this? Giancarlo Stanton over under 114. Under. I I'll go Charlie, over. On Uncle that. Charlie's gonna. I think Uncle Charlie's gonna bend him. Uh, bend him real good. And but he's not gonna. He's not gonna get the fastball he so desires. We will see. So it's gonna be another fun day of baseball. Uh, yesterday was a whole lot of fun. If you're a baseball fan, let's have a lot more fun today. For Josh Norris, I'm JJ Cooper here on the Baseball America Playoff Podcast, presented by my bookie. So long, everybody. Yeah. 
everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.